0: big shock. shock.
1: We want you, we want you, we want you as a new recruit. We want you, we want you, we want you as a new recruit. Where can you find
2: pleasure? Search the world for treasure. Learn science, technology.
1: Where? Yeah, you, you know Maple Leaf. He, you know, he's in and out as as
0: uh, he's a leaf on the wing. Thank you, <laughs> a that, ma- that a Maple Leaf on Watch, the wind, watch indeed. how he soars. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wait, you got impaled?
3: Well, <laughs> I'm not
1: saying anything. I'm just imagining Maple Leaf soaring like a leaf, <laughs> which is a hard thing to imagine. We have to mm, I read a lot really of science fiction now, and that's that's hard how,
3: to encompass. Oh, I thought you were saying it'd be like have to be a really strong gust. For, well, I he, mean, none of us are well, lightweight. Well, let's, let's let's not let's not. Yeah. Sure, know. sure. I'm, I'm wow. sure. To have speak. any illusions here? But <laughs>
1: <laughs> keeping to the tradition of. But we don't know is that maple leaf has those like, like those arm and leg flaps, like oh, squ- maybe like squirrels does. do, yeah. flying squirrels. So it could that be, helps. It could be a Canadian thing, you know? Like whoosh. it's a Canadian Lovecraftian yeah, thing. Canadian. A, he
0: flaps the beaver tail that gives him <laughs> some lift <laughs> and, and <laughs>
1: flies.
2: Wow, wouldn't and... that be something? I had a beaver tail we didn't know about. Anybody ever seen him in swim trunks? I haven't. Mm-hmm.
0: I haven't. Wow. Andy, you always go there. Yes, I do. Man. And, and of I course, why Maple
1: Leaf is in here. I mean, there's always a bulge in the back, but I assume it's something disgusting. All right. Uh,
0: like <laughs> put the potatoes in the wrong side. <laughs> <laughs> I told you to put the potato
1: in the front. Welcome, Folk, uh, folks. This is Geek Shock number 390. I'm Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact check dandy. And we're here to talk Weekend Geek. Yes, no Maple Leaf, Matt. He's celebrating his birthday Aww. this evening. Happy birthday, Paulette is taking him out for for a a, a wonderful dinner Paulette's taking him. out.
0: Oh, and oh, he's in his birthday suit. She's taking he's him out. out. No, no.
2: Wow! Actually, we have no idea what they're doing. So you know, or dinner. We actually we do have know. some idea. <laughs> <laughs> he's in his birthday suit. I'll tell you that much. Whoa!
1: Oh. He's he's gonna be the. The the living sushi plate is that. What's... That's it.
0: <laughs> oh my god! Naked living sushi. sushi mat. They that, used to have
1: the a action place...
2: figure you never wanted.
3: <laughs> <laughs> they used to have a place here in town that did that.
2: Yeah. Oh, it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> here uh, in Vegas, is, I, can't, I know, imagine. right? Really? Of all places, isn't that, I, I Didn't uh, uh, didn't uh, Robin Leach get in trouble with one of those things at some point? Dude, Robin Leach gets in trouble <laughs> for a lot of stuff that never gets reported. Trust me
3: on this.
1: I'm Robin Leach, and I like wine.
3: <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> he, Gentlemen.
2: He likes champagne, too.
1: What geeky things you do this week?
2: Well, since Matt's not here, I can say I went to the Millennium Fandom Bar and played some more Five Minute <laughs> Dungeon.
0: <laughs> How'd that go?
2: Good. It was actually the uh, 40th anniversary of Star Wars, so there was tons of Star so Wars So Five Minute Dungeon, of course. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: It was We're last Thursday, it was, yeah, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was last Thursday, it was Thursday right? It
2: was a Thursday night and a... You bar sell- off the street, you know, not in the middle of everything and full of people all in costume. I was, I I I was
3: celebrating it. by watching Star Wars and stuff here at home. And then I suddenly realized, I'll bet Andy's at Millennium Fandom Bar. Because I had unexpectedly got the day off and I was like, sweet, I don't have to go into work. I'm just going to chill at home. And I was like, oh, yeah, I bet they're doing something there. And I just didn't make it out. So.
0: I didn't even, it didn't even occur yeah. to me. I was just, It all the Facebook posts, there was a cute little... uh it's not a meme. I don't think it's a meme. What is it when people all do, all do a similar thing, a trendy thing? like mob? A mob? It, it's a trend. It, no, no, no. Or, it's more tra- it's, it, On Facebook, people were posting pictures of the theater they first saw oh, Star Wars oh, at. Oh, okay. Because uh, I guess people were posting, you know, man's uh, huh. chowman. Ch- Man, man's, man's chowman? chowman. <laughs> Man- wow. I will have two orders, thank you. I was going to say chowman. <laughs> I don't even know
3: what it's called anymore because it was Mans, it was Grauman's, I, now it's something I, I was, else.
0: I was screwing up Grauman's and Mans, and but they were posting pictures of the the Chinese theater being mobbed, just the 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 the, the crowd spilling onto the streets and stuff, and it was really funny because one guy, uh, I think it was uh, Shock Monkey Chris Roberts, posted. Boy, that must be a huge theater for the sheer number of people who said that they were at the Chinese <laughs> uh, theater the first day it came out. It isn't. It, it, it was funny. Yeah. So, But I actually I discovered this website, cinematreasures.com. Mm-hmm. It actually is a movie theater uh, nostalgia website where they have a little bit of information and post pictures of theaters from all over the country. Wow. And I actually dug up the first theater I saw Star Wars in, the Patchog Rialto on Long Island, New York, which, and the Rialto was a neat little place that actually would, it, you could almost call it today art Um mm. And that's where I saw Star Wars at like a couple months after it came out. It was in mm-hmm. midsummer. Uh, and the movie theater, that theater burnt down like the following year. Wow. And then I found the um, picture for the Shirley Twin Cinema, which is just a couple miles from my home, where when they did the re-release in 78, I actually went up on my bike to the theater all summer long. Did you ever go with your mom, Shirley? uh, Not to the, well, maybe to the the theater once or twice. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's the one, of course, who took me to the first one but um that was where it was funny my mom introduced me as a child to a peculiar habit of staying in the theater and watching a movie twice
2: ah and oh, we yeah. almost
0: always did that when we'd mm-hmm. go see them. Mo- it wasn't even theater hopping we just, we'd just stay it. in the theater that actually yeah.
2: used to be pretty common
0: yeah yeah, yeah in fact and,
3: uh, in early days of cinema there were no scheduled movie times. So you went in, you caught the film wherever it was, All right. at when you bought your ticket, and then you would stay through to the next screening yeah, so you could I catch the beginning. That. Oh, that's yeah. In fact, uh, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho was the... <laughs>
1: that's why the no admittance Yeah, ah. that, that was
3: the very first film nationwide mm-hmm. to have established start times. Interesting. Yep. I yeah, that's remember, very interesting. I learned something. Yeah, today.
2: we went to see a double feature of uh, Dumbo, Oh, I love double and, features. and Lobo, which was this like live action thing. And oh, we, that sounds
0: and, like a Disney summer film yeah, festival yeah. where they pair up an, an animated right. with a live.
2: And and I, we walked in like the last five minutes of Lobo, and then when Dumbo ended, we walked. in, well, we're not going to watch Lobo because that was one I was excited about because you know that was when they were advertising
0: heavily. I saw Star Wars twenty two times. Wow, which sounds like a lot, except that actually I only went to the theater ten times. Because I would sit and watch it more than once. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and I did that all summer long. I just ma, I go into the movies and I get on my bike and I and just you're, truck good over there, she, she you're good all day. She knows you're good all day. Yeah, it was. I don't yeah. remember
2: where I saw it. I don't know, it day. was
0: hard for me to remember. I knew that the theater was in Patchogue, but yep. there are a number of Patchogue theaters. And Cinema Treasures is actually kind of got a wonky search. Mm-hmm. So it took some digging around for me to finally come up. But when it came up, I was like, this is it. Mm-hmm. This is where it was. So it actually is funny how difficult it can be oh, to I remember I well, I mean, that it, far
2: back. In 77, yeah, I was living, I mean, there was no theater in the town I was in. The nearest theater was maybe 20 miles away. Mm. So it would have been either the one near the University of Connecticut or the one in Enfield, Connecticut, probably. Could have been at the Eastfield Mall.
0: Well, the other thing about Star Wars is you had to re-release the following year, which is what confused me, because I was always trying to figure out what the hell was, you know, because the the re-release is when I saw it the bulk of the time.
3: I, uh, I was too young to remember, and unfortunately, I can't ask my mom now. I might ask my dad next time I talk to him, but, uh, I was just shy of three years old when it came out, and, uh. I know my mom was pregnant with my sister because uh, my sister was born in June that year. And uh, she tells me, or she, my mom had told me the story that uh, when you know she and my father and I went to see the film, uh, I was a pretty active child. Like, I run and run and run. Just, I had endless energy. And she said that was the first time I had sat still for two hours at all. Yeah. So she says that I was sitting on her lap had arms folded on the chair in front of me, and uh, was just staring at the screen for the entire two hours. Which is the first time I'd ever yeah. sat still for that long of a time. Yeah. So Are that's you? that's huh. the only story that huh. I have about seeing Star Wars for the first time.
0: I, have you, have you, that sounds familiar. Have you actually mentioned that before? I, I there was may some, have. There's something about the, the first time you sat still. Yeah. Which is really funny, because people knowing Jeff now, it's like... yeah i love sitting still now. (laughs) exactly it's just sort of like oh geez jeff needed a reason to 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 calm down so but i remember you talking i may
3: i may have told the story before i mean the shock monkeys would probably say that yes jeff we've heard it before but uh (laughs) Uh, you know now yeah the the whole active thing is funny now looking back on it it's like I was really energetic at what point in my life? (laughs) Because my mom would always tell me about, you know, and then my dad would confirm this, that, you know, and this was not an exaggeration. My grandparents' place in Missouri, my grandfather had an acre and a half of land. So the back, you know, what he called the back 40 was literally just a full acre because the house is on the front half acre. And my mother... And my grandmother actually confirmed the story, too. She said that she would chase me around the back of the yard just trying to put food in my mouth <laughs> yeah. to get me to eat. I'm because still the same way with them. She
2: said it was just I I had too much to do and too little time to do it in. Yep. So I was just off exploring. <laughs> yep. so. I, I, I lived on three acres of land, and for a, one brief period we had Bantam roosters which hated me and chased me. (laughs) I was being chased by one day and I ran under a badminton court thinking like, I'm clever, I'm ducking under the... No,
1: the chicken's smaller than me. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I saw Star Wars at my hometown theater, for sure. I don't really have much of a memory of it. I have more memory of watching Superman, E.T., and... uh, the Incredible Shrinking Woman, mm-hmm. Then I do wow. love that, believe it or not. Sure. I remember your hometown theater,
3: because it was a single screen, and then at some point they split it into two, right? Didn't they? No. No? This you is never that? met
1: my original hometown theater. Oh, okay. Uh, the My original hometown theater, the Heinz Theater in Portland, Indiana, remember this is a town of 3,000 people, burned down in the okay. early, mid-80s. I think E.T. was the last movie I saw there. And we did not have a movie theater again until I was in high school. Oh, okay. So, and that was the split one that that you saw. Because it had that
3: really awkward wooden wall. And it had like the solid wall yeah, on hear the one the other side. other theater yeah, on yeah. the other side of it. I mean, it, oh, was, wow. it was clear that like when you walked in and you're walking down the one aisle that was clearly the original aisle that they had split in half. Mm-hmm. You could hear the wood thunk as you went down yep. to your seats. And yeah, exactly what he said. You could hear the movie next door because it was
2: just a thin wooden yeah. wall when then you had like the
3: brick yeah. the, the, on the other side. They've gotten
2: better at it now, but in the early days yeah. of dividing those theaters, that was a real it's problem. It's not even
1: early days. This is just, this movie theater was somebody's hobby project, mm. pretty much. And wow. <clears throat> I think one of the theaters held 50 people. If that tells you how big yeah. that theater
2: was, yeah, it wasn't huge, but
1: it was it, it was, was fun. But it, the Heinz Theater was beautiful. It's uh, that was the the one that burnt down. The so Heinz, yeah, they had what, uh,
2: were there fifty seven t- screens.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> was it like classic movie palace
1: style? Classic. It had uh, art deco. Oh man! It was, so it, was, it had a beautiful design. It had a uh, a second floor balcony. Oh, I love those. So it was. Movie theater, like you don't see anymore. Yeah. It's so, nice to have a memory of that. But uh, but yeah, the Heinz, that's where I saw it.
0: The Twin Cinemas in my hometown, it, I remember it was all exciting because it's twin, two screens. Mm, oh, wow. Mind blowing. Although it was really funny because for the longest time, it was also bullshit because they had the same movie on two screens. Mm. So they just kind of doubled <laughs> up on their showings as opposed <laughs> sure. to offering you some variety.
2: That's weird because, so, I mean, they have to rent the. Two copies of the film, obviously, it's like they're saving money.
0: Well, I guess it would depend on the movie. Yeah. You know, it, it, the picture I found was, was in fact two movies. It was, War Games and Flashdance were on the marquee. Wow. So. Wow.
3: I love those old movie palaces. I, anytime I get it, like if I see one in it's sound that's been restored, I love to stop in there. Uh, we had one in Wichita. It was called the Crest Theater. It was like one of the last ones from like the 40s and 50s that was still yeah. showing movies. Uh, it showed it into, I want to say like the early 90s. Mm. I believe like uh, Look Who's Talking was like the last film yeah. they showed there. But it was a single screen, had the big balcony in the back. Gorgeous hand-painted murals on the walls. Yep. Yep. Um, There's the, no. I was just say, yeah. When the when the it was interesting because like when the lights were down in the movie, they had the black light on the shining on the walls, so like elements of the paintings made it look like it was Wichita at night. Nice. So it didn't disrupt the film, but still, it was like in another you know piece of atmosphere. and Had the I still remember it had this weird, narrow-winding staircase down to the restrooms. Wow. Because they were on the lower level of that uh, the theater. But it was just gorgeously decorated and just beautiful. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if anybody ever looks it up sometime, look up Crest Theater, and it's uh, just amazing. And it was sad when they gutted it and turned it mm-hmm. into a, you know, rent us out for your uh, whatever uh, thing. And they, right. they tore out the screen, they yeah. tore out the the... The, As they did the Huntridge. Yeah, and yeah. The, they took, they tore out the, like the antique projectors and I guess they trashed them and it was really sad because I was really big into movie history at that sure. point in time and I'm just sitting there, you know, practically in tears going,
2: why are they doing this to this piece of history? Maybe three or three or four years ago, maybe, I went to um little town in Washington that still had one of those theaters. Nice. That, that And actually the, um, the, the uh screen there was a thing in front of it that rolled up at the, yeah, and the movie theater started, and uh yeah, it looked like an old vaudeville slash movie theater. It was in uh oh Port Townsend, which is one of my favorite little towns hmm. in the country did it have an actual like stage to where the
3: where the the screen was? Cause, uh crest had that weird thing like the, the movie screen was there, but there was a little stage in front of it, and they could retract the screen and it was you could put like a
2: stage play or something it on it. it may have there, I can't recall, yeah but, that, uh, but that's, I mean, that's like the nature of theaters. They, yeah. they, they went from vaudeville theaters to movie theaters. Yeah. A lot of them, old ones. And
3: this one also had like, it, it was so funny when you were watching a movie there too because they had the the big red curtains that would, you know, they would open up. But after the previews were done, they would close the curtains again. Yeah. And then right. sometimes they would be a little delayed on getting the curtains back open. So the movie would start and then you would have, pieces of the film is a bit very beginning sometimes the credits right. playing over the top of the curtains and then the curtains would open mm-hmm. up, which, yeah the, which <laughs> is make a bigger problem with the older
2: movies that start off with you know five yeah. minutes of credits right as opposed to the movies now right start in. with
0: straight in the movie boom yeah. it was
1: the heinz theater god well, wow i forgot about that
0: funny how things go around because when you watch the really really older movies you get like one title card yeah boom and then the movie starts yep. it's actually rather rapid mm-hmm
1: i um, have trip down memory lane. Have any of you been to the El Capitan Theater, L.A.? No, Never.
3: I'm not. Next.
2: Yes!
1: <laughs> What's oh. going on with you? He's got a cough oh, sneeze sneezing.
0: going on. Sneezing. <laughs> wow. <sighs> it was one of the one. Well, you know, it. It sometimes I get the shriek. The shriek? Which, which the you shrike? Guys, you guys are used to. I'm going to
1: call it the shrike from now yeah. on. Yeah. And then occasionally <laughs> I get that little there.
0: teeny tiny sneeze in the nose, where it's just the little p and... <laughs> I think... Too late, Andy. You missed it. No, you, you, te- not-
2: you I'm not filming yet. I'm just getting ready. Oh, uh, <laughs> so are you telling me are you telling me you sneeze like a Japanese schoolgirl?
0: Uh, no, no.
3: The oldest theaters I've been to in LA, um, I I got to walk in and check out the Egyptian on Hollywood Boulevard. Uh it used to be Gromins. I think it's I think it's the same company that owns um Chinese. I think mm-hmm. it's T C L now, but I got to walk into the Egyptian real quick and check it out. They let me go in. They, they it was like in between screens, they like, look, I don't want to buy a ticket. I'm I love history of film and they're like, "Oh yeah, go ahead and take take a look around." So I got to poke in and and, you know, look at it. And then basically the same thing at at uh, the Chinese oh, Theater. Yeah. But the Chinese Theater was so I guess modernized that mm-hmm. the only historical pieces of it that that I could see from my Poking my head in was just the, the, the facade out front still. The Egyptian nice. still has a stage. I know that because I saw Stan Freeberg's last appearance there. Okay. Was, I didn't get that close up to the stage yeah. to look. I literally just kind of, you know. Yeah. I was trying to be nice because they were letting me go in and I didn't want to spend too much time in there thinking, oh, is he going to wait and mm-hmm. watch a movie or something? But.
1: I, I did go to the Chinese theater mm-hmm. uh, to on the opening night of Attack of the Clones. Nice. So, on a historical level, that was fun. Right. Yeah. yeah. But. Nothing matches the experience of seeing a movie at the El Capitan. If you're not familiar, the El Capitan Theater is a movie theater owned by Walt Disney. Okay. And it's right across from Man's Chinese Theater, or whoever owns it now. Uh, but it is a wonderful experience from beginning to end. When you walk in there, there is an organist. There's an organ, yeah, a yeah. pipe organ. And they're playing all Disney tunes. Amazing, amazing talent. And once that's done, the multiple curtains part for the movie, yeah, and then they do a Disney short of some sort, and then the movie begins. So When, it's when like, was that? And that's at the El Capitan when, when was that? When did you see that? Uh, when I lived in LA, so it would be about uh, 2001.
2: I, I think that is now the Jimmy Kimmel Theater. I think that's where Jimmy Kimmel did a show out of now. Out
1: of the El Capitan? I think so. Yeah, it does have well, a stage why? of flood. Why, does but an
2: organist open for Kimmel? No, because it's right across from the Grauman Theater.
1: Well, uh, there might be. I really doubt the El Capitan is just being I, used for that. No, I think, yeah, I think
0: it's still there. Yeah, okay, that's, that's the, good enough. I think Federico still, goes there all the time. It's yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. about seeing Disney. I, I went there
1: once even for a midnight screening of the sing-along Evita. So there you Sing go. Sing along the Vita. Yeah. Wow, yeah, that, that
3: was a fun experience. It's still open. Wow. In fact, they're playing uh, the
2: the most recent Pirates of, yeah, of the
3: Caribbean. Of course, they. Are. Oh, oh, so right yeah. I can tell you what they're playing. Wow, right now.
0: fact check.
2: That's a good. No, I was just. You know, I remember my my. <laughs> it's all visual memory. The only time I've been to the Chinese theater, I went to see one of the movies that I worked on. So you know, on you guys. <clears throat> so I saw Lilo
1: and Stitch there, and I saw the sequel to Peter Pan: Return to Neverland. Oh God, that, that straight to DVD monstrosity. Mm-hmm. But they actually showed it there at the El Capitan for a short time time but uh so lilo and stitch was fantastic oh but, god uh, lilo yeah.
2: and stitch
3: that does uh. make sense now why like uh <sighs> disney's hollywood studios in uh, orlando has an el capitan ah uh. um Signage. I don't think it's an actual theater, but they had the signage, and then I think they have it in California Adventure too.
0: <laughs> just the signage. That'd be that would funny make sense. if they had the whole theater set up and everything. They never showed movies. All right, <laughs> but you could just
1: go in and you know go in there, and you hear pre-recording of the Jeff type walking organ.
0: around, looking. Wow, this place is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is history here. They
1: have animatronic organists yeah. up front. <laughs> 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 that would be awesome. Be,
0: be, be, be.
1: Oh my god! What else you do, Jeds? Uh, speaking
0: of film, really quick, just to promote it uh, Crash Course, is, you know, I've, I've promoted that before. They're, they've exploded. That's the YouTube channel. Yeah, the YouTube channel. They're now like PBS affiliated, they're an actual educational uh, tool now. They got tons and tons and tons of subjects running through everything. They've got a history of film, and they've started with actual film. Actual, the whole process of photographic plating and everything running up through uh, kinetoscopes, lumieres, all the way up. Right now, they just wrapped the uh, German Expressionism episode. So it's a fun little thing talking about the history of film. And they go into the art and science. Mm. So it's not just a little basic primer of film language. It's also the art of projection. I didn't know some of the early... I don't know if they were actually specifically kinetoscopes or called something else. The cameras, their one design was all in one. You could take your film, uh, you could film something on it, and then just by a little reconfiguration, you made it the projector for that film. Interesting. So you could film and project out of the same device and yeah. stuff like that. There's a lot of, a lot of interesting things uh, that they talk about. So, uh, but it, it's actually a little interesting thing, and I definitely recommend that. Mm-hmm. Crash Course. Crash history Course. History film.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, my journey with the gunslinger continues. Oh, boy. I uh, began and finished book 4.5, which is Wind Through the Keyhole, the last book that he has written in the series, but it fits between 4 and 5. Mm-hmm. Much shorter book. It's like wow. 350 pages. Well, for a point five, it better be short. <laughs> <laughs> so, be- just a great fairy tale stuck in there. So feels weird to have read this book, which is the last one he read, written in the Gun Tower, Gunslinger series, but in its right place, so mm. I'm doing right. But my Gunslinger journey is going to come to a halt for a short time because the new book for June for the Geek Shock Book Club has been selected, and it is called Sleeping Giants by Sylvain Nouvelle. It's. I'm very excited because this is the first book that I've nominated for the book club that's actually been selected. Oh, congratulations! So, so yay!
2: Uh. So, so it isn't you forcing your your stuff on everybody? they actually actually no. vote.
1: Yeah, everything gets voted on. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, here's a description of the book. It's done in the uh, Max Brooks World War Z style. So, so it's, so it's a collection fake, of fake documentary kind of thing. Yes, or? interviews and and I love that, that format. Sort of thing. So, a girl named Rose is riding her new bike near her home in Deadwood, South Dakota when she falls through the earth. She wakes up at the bottom of a square hole, its walls glowing with intricate carvings, but the firemen who come to save her peer down upon something even stranger, a little girl in the palm of a giant metal hand. Hmm. 17 years later, the mystery of the bizarre artifact remains unsolved. Its origins, architects, and purpose unknown. Its carbon dating defies belief, Military reports are redacted, theories are floated, then rejected, but some can never stop searching for the answers. That does sound interesting. So that is the book for June. And uh, and of course, as the book club rules go, no one talks about it for at least eight days to get everybody started, acquainted to even procure the book. And then after eight days, we opened up discussion. Join us whenever you are finished. That discussion remains open. And if the book doesn't appeal to you, read what you like. Join us next month. First
0: rule of Geek Shark Book Club: You don't talk about.
1: Book if, this club. Is your, if this is your first night of book club, you have to talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else you do, guys?
2: Uh, I played a, Renee and I played a crapload of Diablo uh, Diablo Three today. Fun Because I didn't have fun. to go to work. Oh. Because I got fired Friday. Are you serious? That's serious.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? You, you
1: you waited to unload this during the show? I, I saved it. Oh, it's Andy. Movie. Of course he did. <laughs> so, Holy
0: shit. So, Kudos to you. You actually kept that in. That was wow. hard. You didn't even <laughs> fucking hint.
1: <laughs> I was like, you had the extra time. I was like, uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs>
0: they finally did it. Yeah, they finally pulled
2: the trigger.
3: Yeah. Just you, or was it like Just a me. swath of. Oh, wow.
1: Well, I held
2: on for a long time. A lot of people have been dripping out in twos and threes over the last couple of years. So, yeah. So now you're freelance Andy. Freelance Andy.
1: All right. And and Diablo 3 Andy, apparently. Yeah, apparently.
2: Well, which, talk, is, which is talk a talk better life. It's the first day of the new life. Talk about yeah. foreshadowing. You mm.
3: said last Tuesday at dinner, you were like, I really need to start looking around. Nah. <laughs> well, but that, I don't know how much longer I'll be at.
0: <laughs> I love that because your little video of the fucking moving your office to yeah, yeah. the hinterlands. Yep. yeah. It's like okay, so when they put your desk in the parking lot, get ready. Holy shit! Yeah. Well, I you know uh, I was teasing him. Welcome to the ranks. Right. (laughs) I was teasing him last week. More than half the people
2: in his room (laughs) aren't (laughs) employed.
0: Oh man. Yeah. Um. Uh. What was I going to say? I don't even say? know what to say. At least you're yeah. enjoying your time. I
1: am
2: actually. No, I'm not worried about it. See, you know, I've got. It just yeah. sort of opens up a lot of opportunities for me. Yes.
0: Speaking of opportunities, everybody, get your caricature requests in the end. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think this time he'll actually accept I money time, yeah. Um, yeah, for commissions.
2: Will, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we
3: have to start
2: a Patreon just for you at this. Nah, yeah. Yeah. Really. But if I if I do a Patreon, it'll be for my comics. I was like, yeah. I'll <clears> sketch
3: yeah. anyone for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Pretty much. Wow. You know, I like that sales pitch. Yeah. The 80s Jeff
3: PR firm.
0: That's <laughs> what I do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> well, it's nice to see you to- no longer collaborating with the fascists. Right. Yeah.
2: Oh, and actually, that does well, It does uh, open me up to be able to say, I don't think Donald Trump has the best interests of the country. In, in, <laughs> which I couldn't really say publicly before.
0: Yes, it's amazing uh, that you sim- can say that kind of similarly,
2: thing. Similarly... I don't think Sheldon Adelson has the best interest of Las Vegas. You and, think? And, you know, wait, wait! Fine. A billionaire doesn't care about the rest no, of the doesn't country. I'm shocked. I'm no. shocked by that. Again, another thing I really couldn't say because technically he was my boss. So yeah, you know, now I can say it.
1: <laughs> there you go. You heard it here, folks. Woo-hoo. Scooped. <laughs> wow. Wow.
3: wow. Wow. Way to, way to change the, uh, yeah. the atmosphere of the yeah, room. Bring, there, the, Andy. bring the room down, Andy. <laughs> oh no,
2: no! I was waiting for a transition, so I didn't fuck up the rest of it. <laughs> I'm, s- I'm surprised you didn't wait till the very end of the show and go. Oh, by the way, I that, thought, ab-
3: I thought dude, about it
0: after the close <laughs> when you see Torgo reaching for the button. Yeah. That would have been <laughs> the, the <hell>. moment. <laughs> oh, and I got fired this week. <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> Why are you doing <laughs> Or say Rickers, it after he hits. Yep. After he hits, stop and Rickers watch him bu- burst a blood yep. vessel. Yeah. Oh
2: my god it was it was really just a matter of they they changed the way they're covering things they 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 really worry yeah, they a, they want crime it was a matter of accentuate the negative dealment positive and i'm a I read positive things and you stories. write positive things yeah yeah <clears throat> so, yeah.
1: yeah that's that's yeah, what the news is happening here in Las Vegas. Sheldon Adelson bought the paper and he's pushing he wants lots and lots of crime and bad stories and show. People make people scared, generate fear, generate fear. If it it
3: leads, it bleeds. I've always wondered about that here in Vegas because all these independent studies are showing that the crime rate has been dropping here steadily in Vegas, steadily, you know, with a couple of minor upticks Mm -hmm. over the last like 15 years. But how do you continually find? all these negative crime stories to report on Because it's a city of 2 million people. people. Yeah, well yeah, there are always there's stories. Always yeah, two there's always something There's always stories. I mean, you know, we've had, you know, a similar incident close to, you know, we, yes, to we our do. heart and, you know, keep them you know, scared. as as shock as shocking and terrible as it was, it's not the norm for right. this city. Well yeah,
0: especially in like in like the story of Tom's case, it is not a matter of socialist society running amok. Yeah. Mm. If anything, it's actually the exact opposite. Mm. Right, unregulated uh, capitalism yeah. uh, killing. Yeah. So, it yeah it well it uh, ooh well we're getting off on p- politics. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, I know since
1: we're, since we're getting off on politics, <laughs> uh, it was brought up on the Shock Monkeys Lair. Yes, they wanted us to talk about the. All-woman, Wonder Woman, Curve Fuffle. I don't even know what to call it. Mm. It's It's, a non-thing. It's a non-thing.
3: It's really what it is. And um, I said it before the show, and I'm going to say it now. I don't think we should even devote any time to it because it's a non-thing. It's a non-issue. A couple of chauvinists are just trying to make something out of it that it's not. And that's it. That's one thing.
1: Now two screenings. Mm -hmm. All women, only women... uh, Allowed for bad mm-hmm, yeah. word to use, I guess. Sure. But, and they're only going to use a all woman crew to staff it. Nice. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. It's the theme of, of where Wonder Woman comes from. Mm-hmm. And, it's and it's not like it's it, two yeah. showings yeah. for charity. And you can watch Wonder It's not even on like the first few days, it's like the fourth day in, it's two showings at one movie theater. Mm-hmm, so yeah. if you're bothered by that, rethink how you think. And, rem- God.
2: and remember, you're outnumbered if you're yeah. a man
1: who's against sex. <laughs> yes,
3: very <clears throat> much. Well, so. it, you know what's, and not to mention that that targeted screenings have been done for decades. It's like, what's our target audience? Oh, okay, let's get a you know a group of them together and put them in the theater. Period. Right.
0: right. Special specialty screenings like that, or as yeah. uh, in Bob, we trust, as he pointed out, it's like it's like complaining that uh, somebody having a birthday party at sh- the restaurant where you like to sit, they're having their birthday party dinner. And it's like, well, it, it's just for that. And and even that, he pointed out how that was like the lame uh, Yeah, doesn't argument. even come close <laughs> to what it really is. No, but I'm it, upset
3: it, it, that it, I decided to go swimming and this water
0: is wet. Yeah. <laughs> the thing, there, the comparisons that were being made, too, it's like, okay, the next Star Wars has got to be an old man screening. And it's like... uh. Guys, I don't see the relevance no. of Star Wars to men that you can make for the argument of Wonder Woman to women. Yeah. And it's, so that th- th- somebody else said He-Man, and then there, there were comments like, well, I guarantee you most <laughs> He-Man screenings are all men. Right. And actually, no. No. Girlfriends, wives, mothers, even sisters will go to screenings. Some of them will go mm-hmm. to watch the movie. Others will go to just to accompany the guy who's going to see the movie. And shit, you cast Chris Hemsworth as He-Man, there are going to be a lot of women who are going to go to that fucking movie. Yep. So it's like the, the, all of the comparisons being made were just kind of false. Well,
3: it's, it's that same logical fallacy. It's like comparing A to B when there is no correlation.
0: It's, mm-hmm. just, it just, right. it's, it's just stupid. I'm the not, whole thing is stupid. I'm not a big fan of the, the term privilege. But here I'm seeing a lot of that because there are guys who are just not recognizing that there are plenty of situations where women are going to something and they're not quite comfortable or they don't feel that it's quite their thing. And for guys to argue, you know, we don't get that, it's like, no, there, there there aren't many all men anything, chiefly because the people who would organize such a thing are not people that a lot of us would like to associate with. (laughs) I've been to screenings. You mean
2: like in a country club? (laughs) Right. I've been been to screenings that were all men.
1: They were porn. But I've been (laughs) to screenings that were all men. There you go. I I will say, uh, when I went to go see Dr. Giggles in the theater, Mm -hmm. it was an all-male screening. Mm Because I was the only person in the theater watching it, so there you go. There <laughs> I you went to go. see an
2: HP Lovecraft film festival, and uh, <laughs> I was re- I, I pulled out my newspaper before I went by myself, and I pulled mm-hmm. my newspaper. My reading. I'm like, God, what a fucking nerd I am, sitting here reading the newspaper in the theater. And I looked around, and it's a bunch of guys sitting by themselves reading the newspaper in the theater. It's beautiful. Like, yeah. yeah. If I'm, if
1: you ugh. if your panties are so in a bunch, boys, that you oh! that you really want to have your all male screening, guess what? Buy out the theater. Have your own. You mm-hmm. can. It's, it's as many showings as you can afford.
2: In fact, I recommend you do have an all male screening for the Wonder Woman and donate the proceeds to charity.
0: I yeah. love it. Planned, Planned Parenthood, it. yes, mm. or uh, the the rape and incest support network. Rain. There Wait, you go. are you
2: in favor of that or against that?
0: I'm in favor of donating to those charities. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> you were fired. <laughs> it
1: was. Believe it <laughs> not. Yeah the the it's all false equivalency it's all stupid and we're moving on yeah <clears throat> there is one thing i want to bring up though
3: oh
1: since we're on politics i'll stay on it a little bit um i've really enjoyed so far that they announced far cry 5. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've started the promotion last week on it and it takes place in montana and involves a crazy religious cult i would like to have seen montana and There are people out there crying because it is a, they are attacking this game because this game is attacking Whitey, is basically what the argument is. And someone out there put a petition, and this petition is so, mm, it's just so wonderful that I have to read it to you. I have to share this petition against Far Cry 5. Enough is enough, Ubisoft. We've sat through your multicultural lectures and your preachy games aimed at degenerates and I can't even, I don't even know what that word is. We've tolerated it in the name of gameplay design and innovation, but no more. Far Cry 5 is an insult to your fan base, the Americans who make up the majority of your customers. And it's time you woke up to the fact. Change this or cancel it. It gets better. US gamers have had to endure a lot of crap over the last few years. <laughs> the targeted harassment by the mainstream press through Gamergate. The terrible launch and outright lies of highly anticipated video games, the outright censorship of art through localization policies, and continued rejection of romantic partners when they find out our hobby, the appropriation of our culture by so-called gamers on Twitter no more. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: Yeah. Their, their, their games are being appropriated and that's why their partners are rejecting them. <laughs>
1: I, I, I probably oh. should have paused in there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, damn. But, I, here we go. The okay, co- okay. The, the continued rejection of romantic partners when they find out our hobby, that's in this. Oh, okay, okay. Right.
3: Comma.
2: Find that's you That's be
1: soft.
3: Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. <laughs> I was going to say, finding find the wrong partner then, because uh, I've dated more than a few women that have been gamers too, and some cases more than
0: I am. Well, if you're a a Gamer Gator, then you're going to try to date women who aren't gamers, and then if they're not... Oh, fuck. Go (laughs) on, Porto. (laughs) I
2: I played Diablo with them all day. Yeah. There you go.
1: It's time to draw the line in the sand. (laughs) We, the American gamers that make up the majority of your user base against Ubisoft, French company... Wait, wait.
3: I almost have to stop you right there. Worldwide fan base. Caucasians are becoming the minority in the gaming population oh, oh, right oh, now. I could wait. I couldn't, I
0: couldn't even... Wait. There's more coming,
1: apparently. Oh, this right. is beautiful. Go, go. Demand you cancel this game or alter it to be less offensive to your main player base. In these times, you must understand that there might be some violent repercussions if you intend to follow through with your oh, pointless criticism. So here are the following suggestions... To make your game right. Oh, boy. Change the villains. It's not so hard, really. Just change the villains to something more realistic. Islam is on the rise in America, as is the violence of inner city gangs. Are you scared to do so? In the words of of Voltaire, to learn who rules you, you simply find out who's not being criticized, unquote.
2: I bet your Voltaire would be really pissed off that he's being quoted by all these racists. <laughs> I think, yeah, I
1: think so. <laughs> Alter the villains. Even if you insist on making the villains American Christians again. This is a really crazy nut cult. Consider mixing the races a bit to not target white people wait, exclusively.
2: Wait, the the thing is from a really crazy nut cult or, or that, that's who Christians that, that, are no, really that's, crazy nuts. that's
1: who the villain is in the game. Okay. A crazy nut a doomsday cult.
2: So it's uh, it's Heaven's Gate kind of
1: they, uh, yeah, very much so, except that instead of taking their own lives, they take other souls. Gotcha. It's it's you know, it's Far Cry five. They're known for having over the top villains. Mm-hmm. Insist on making the villains American Christians, consider mixing the races a bit and not target the white people exclusively. Wait, they're, they're for mixing the races? <laughs> I know! That was, I was stunned! <laughs> yeah. What the hell? There are plenty of nationalists of every stripe and every race in Creed, so throw in some blacks and Mexicans. There's no reason a protectionist nationalist movement would all be one race. Why stop being politically correct here? Moving on. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Change the setting, but only for certain markets. What? (laughs) Change the game for certain markets. Jesus. Look, I get that anti-Americanism plays in France. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not telling you to give up on potential profits due to complaints.
3: Because American anti-French didn't happen in uh, the early 2000s. Freedom prize. Yeah. God, I hated that so much. Mm -hmm.
1: Wouldn't want to be thought as one of those hypocrite feminists, right? No no, yeah. no, no, no. But for America right now, anti Americanism is out. You got to play your market. Change the setting to Canada for America.
0: <laughs>
1: what? I, I kind of like that idea. All right. I'm beginning to suspect somebody's trolling here. <laughs> it's, 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 it almost it feels like it. This way you don't turn away potential players due to offensiveness, just trying to help you make more money. Follow Here. one or more of these, and the game will be saved from PC hell and multicultural development. We Americans have so few games to call our own, and we're tired of losing them to multicultural bullshit.
2: Wow. I think the name Ubisoft wow. is an attack on white men. <laughs>
0: <laughs> My God. That's, wow. I, wow.
1: There's so much to unpack. Yeah. I just, wow. <laughs> That's why when you, you said that it's, you know, it's nearly its own satire. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah. it's it's either brilliant satire, but that's how some of these fuckers think. I hope mm-hmm.
0: they do boycott, much like the Rogue One or the Star Wars boycotts and stuff, because a lot of people seem to forget that boycotts are really about making an economic impact where you are concerned. You know, the Alabama boys, uh, Birmingham boys, bus boy. Cots, damn you, Andy. I didn't do it. I'm Just blaming you, you. I'm blaming you. But am sitting over here you know, business. The, the bus boycotts, the, the, the industry, actually, the, the service, benefited tremendously from black use. So when they did their bus their boycotts, it had a tremendous effect because the discrimination against a huge, huge part of its customer base was wrong here the customer base is so insignificant that when they do a boycott their their lack of relevance and the 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 small scale of their impact is actually painfully obvious so i actually i totally support go ahead don't you know do it boycott because (laughs) what you're going to do is show how irrelevant you are and it's just going to make everything you hate all that much worse air quotes In your eyes.
2: Bus boycotts is my car's cover band.
0: (laughs) Pillow. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This socially relevant. (laughs) I
1: just wanted to share that with the shock monkeys. God.
0: By the way, before we go any further, while you were reading, I got this text. Oh, dear. Hey. I'm here to answer any Wonder Woman or c b Berlantiverse questions before you all start throwing shade. If you talk about black lightning, I've actually done shows with Cress Williams, as from Professor biggs
1: say <laughs> so if, if it's not from a woman, I don't care <laughs> yeah. oh uh, well he's in touch in his feminine side oh, there's that
0: but uh I don't know what 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 shade what shade are we throwing? What have we done lately I
2: don't know i, don't know. I... We I, we generally just jump on DC sucking every that, time we mention. I think we
0: just we just mentioned Biggs to irritate him. Mm-hmm. I'm I mean I'm so fucking looking forward yeah. to Wonder Woman. Well,
3: I know we talked about uh, Black Vulcan and the fact that I that's one of the few DC characters that I know very little about, and I. Black Lightning, you know, I yeah, Black Lightning, thank Black you. Lightning,
0: yeah, and it sounds interesting too because Black this, Vulcan
3: was my exp- my exposure to him, and that right, was right. Super uh, Friends, Super Friends,
0: yeah, okay. and I was like, oh, I didn't know this character existed. So anyway, and um, and he's he's a character coming out of retirement. Yes, he's being pulled back into that. That, that actually, every that time all I think cool. I'm out, they pull me back I know. in. <laughs> well, it's also neat because as you know, someone who has crossed the half century mark, like Andy did centuries ago right yeah. <laughs> but it's, i'm a highlander you know that can be only one but one the, the an older superhero is nice too so that that's all just gonna that's gonna be cool
1: so no good big bigs you're good just
0: yeah, yeah. geez paranoid why would dc be paranoid you know bigs
3: <laughs> you and i will have like an all CW DC show at some point and we'll just talk about it and have fun with it, and these guys can just go fuck themselves.
0: Yeah, we'll make it... That'll be our .5 episode. There we go. It'll be a fraction of the length of the others.
3: Oh, that's there you go. Biggs, you got to come down for episode 400. We'll make it the DC show.
2: No, and we won't. <laughs> <in there. laughs>
3: no, we no, won't. No, no, no. you heard it here first, folks.
0: <laughs> this is also probably the last place you've heard it. Alternative facts. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice to have Biggs here for the big Oh. Oh, four, oh, four, yeah. Four, oh, oh. Four, yeah. oh, yeah. oh. Four, oh, oh.
1: Four, double, episodes
2: Four, oh, 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 oh,
0: four, oh, four, oh, four, oh, oh, four,
3: oh, oh, 400 oh. years ago in the highlands of Scotland.
1: That's 10 episodes away. My God. Yeah. Is it that it's, close? That's insane. This is yep. 390, guys.
0: Yeah. That's, uh,
1: wow. Yeah. Crazy. Don't have a lot of time for email, but we'll hit one. We'll hit one. All right. All right. Greetings, you magnificent oddities. I'll take it. What actor or actress in either TV or motion picture do you think has given the best performance as their comic book character?
2: Hmm. Hmm.
1: And there's a, a second question okay. that's that kind of similar. You might want to answer instead. Which actor or actress has most closely portrayed the comic book character as you envisioned it?
0: Well, obviously no one from D.C., oh oh no uh, I'm asshole. kidding I'm kidding big Castle. Yeah. Yeah.
3: sorry I must be allergic to <laughs> something in here
2: yeah. <laughs> I, I mean when I mean, if we're going for superlatives I'm in trouble because I'm like rocking my brain thinking I can think of several I be the first that comes to mind is Christopher Reeves doing Superman
0: that that's, was a damn good one that's hard yeah, I mean, to beat I, yeah. I, I, yeah you know it's it's funny because with Reeves I don't know it's very iconic right uh, whereas you can look at the variety of, I Bat- believe the
1: man could fly. Yeah, mm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can you can look at the various Batmans and you can sit there and 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 talk about stylistic preferences and stuff like that. Really, when you when you think about it, but Reeves and this is no slam on uh, Cavill, but Reeves uh, it it just especially the first two movies it was a very iconic presentation and development of the character, the concept and everything relating to it.
3: I, I also don't have anything against Cavill. I don't think it was a performance problem. I yeah, think no, it no, was no, a no. script problem with with me and and the, you know, Man of Steel film. But that's again, that's right. Debate for another time. Um God, yeah, um Christopher Reeves as Superman was, you know, kind of for me at least, my first exposure to superheroes in a film. Because that was, what, 79?
0: Something like that, yeah. So, I'm going to have to look that up. <clears throat> I think up. it's 78, but not... 78. 78, yeah. yeah you're right, I
3: think it is 78. So, I mean, you know, I was only four years old, so... um, Gosh, as far as, like, who I would think... I mean, Charlie Cox played Daredevil very, very much like I envisioned Daredevil on the TV series. Uh well Netflix series I guess
0: right but, uh, yeah I like um, uh, like uh, his portrayal there. Um Chris
3: Evans did an amazing Captain America. He's
0: been the for me he's been the most pleasant yeah. surprise in the Marvel movies. Uh a Downey kind of like recreated Stark yeah. in many ways. But it's kind of th- like
3: the 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 later versions of the comic book Stark right and and, and, and so, he's definitely yeah.
0: redefined it ever since uh, right. I mean, even the comic book version ever since Iron Man 1 but Evans grew into Captain America very very nicely. I really did enjoy that. I frequently watch Winter Soldier. I love watching that over and over um, and then of course uh, recently rewatched Civil War and and he, you know <clears throat> I was I was kind of vocal cuz I really have a thing about this all this going for young 20-somethings when they do these castings always going for the low hanging fruit of the young right but he has just grown into it so damn well and he does such a great cap i really do enjoy watching him as captain well American.
3: he i mean from like all the beso- behind the scenes stuff like that i've read he totally committed to that character like you it know, shows on the red 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 about the background of the character as much as he could uh, while still trying not to completely influence how they wanted him to portray the character, and then you know trying to find that balance. I mean, even just his his workout regimen, because he went from being a vegetarian to you know eating like a lot of protein, like yeah, chicken breast. All stuff, right, you know, any
0: movie that destroys vegetarianism. <laughs> I see what you mean about the that's... levels,
3: because they were <laughs> they were trying to put that that lean muscle on him to make him look like. The comic book version of the character, and you know, he went all out on that uh, without overdoing it, like you know, often happens in Hollywood. The um, name the name's not coming to me, but the Rorschach. Um. Oh, oh um, um, Jackie Earl Haley, <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly.
0: that that was a pretty Actually, faithful wow. adaptation. That's there a too. very that's a very very good point, Andy. Yeah, that's a really good answer. That to was that a question. hell. Yeah. That was a hell of a performance, yeah. and that was a he- really captured. Mm-hmm. Really, really, it's. I'll reread Watchmen now, mm-hmm. and I hear Haley's voice because right. it's. It's just that is pretty. That is actually a mm-hmm. really, really good one. Yeah. So and of course Sean Connery and Zardoz. Right, just oh, yeah. of course. totally summed up the 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 comic there. <laughs> 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 was there a Zardoz uh, yeah. comic really? Yeah, yeah. That's okay. that's actually. I mean, that was that was that that French. Wackiness. French
2: Nouveau comic. That's
0: why that's why he was dressed the way he
1: was. The cause... early Ubisoft? Yeah. <laughs> I I think the actor that portrayed the comic book character that really just encapsulated it for me uh was The Punisher as portrayed by Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> now see if you have said oh, I'm sorry. That, uh, that's just the opposite. I I completely Whoops. screwed that up. Wah,
3: wah, wah. What's his name that came out before uh oh was it was Early two thousands, uh, when Punisher first came out. No, no, no. Uh, uh, the one that you and I went and saw in the theater, where, when they blast the guy out Pun- of the sky. Oh, Punisher War Zone. Yeah. Oh,
1: the guy, uh, from, Ray- the guy Ray- from Rome. great. Ray- he was pretty damn good. Yeah. He was. Yeah. He was a really good, Garth Ennis Punisher. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Deadpool for me. Right. Um, I I was shocked and amazed at how much they stayed true to not necessarily the letter of the way the character is written on the page, but the, the essence of the character when they brought that to the big screen. Even being able you to know. break
2: the fourth wall in you know, a comic yeah. book movie, that's, that's challenging.
3: Breaking the fourth off. wall in a, in a movie is, is difficult enough because it takes a lot of people out of the film, mm-hmm. but he did it very well, Ryan Reynolds, and I, you know... They got, like, real close to doing, like, the multiple voices in his head thing. Mm -hmm. It was more just him talking to himself. Mm -hmm. So, I'd say more kind of a more realistic Mm -hmm. portrayal of the multiple
2: personalities that they portray in the comic and so forth. Listen to how many of these are in the last 10 years. Yeah. I I mean, they're just starting to get it. They're starting to actually take the characters seriously and try and create them the way they are in a book. Yeah, I mean, as and opposed the, to yeah. the and Captain it America of the '70s, yeah, or uh, that,
1: Dolph Lundgren as the Punisher,
2: or Howard the Duck. <laughs> um,
3: well, and, yeah, and it's, it's like what I was just saying. It's like they they don't try to literally reproduce it on the screen, but they try to capture the essence of the character and then translate that into the movie, and in many cases, set it in a modern age so that it seems more like the comic, but just on the big screen, as opposed to Going all out and doing like uh, you know Batman and Robin, where
2: you try to make it a living comic book, and it right. just and that, I mean failed you don't miserably. have to create the plot points from the comic. If you yeah. create the actual character of the character, I mean the the Flash does not follow as far as I know. It doesn't follow any particular comic storyline, but I'm fine with that Flash, the the one that's on CW now. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I,
3: This last season was haven't seen it yet. Not on it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm not spoiling anything. It, there's a it, it's already been. In the comics, and it's it's even got a DC animated fixture. But it, the the current season was based on Flashpoint, Ooh, uh, okay. Flashpoint Paradox. Cool. So oh my. Uh, it was really good. I, I, you know, there were a couple issues I had with it, but you know, overall, I really like uh, Grant Gustin as the Flash. I think he does a really good job of capturing that that character and and bringing it onto the screen.
2: Let me give that question a little bit of a twist, to make it much more challenging. Heroin. Oh, favorite uh, heroin.
0: Uh, I, I prefer ooh, LSD. Yeah,
2: yeah sure. you know. <laughs> I, 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 I had to say no to horse. Yeah, yeah, ago. yeah, exactly. Sure. That's fair enough. Sure. Yeah. Oh, that is a tough one. Well, I, and I, and, it, and I mean Black Widow is a great character, in the, right. but it's not the portrayal I remember from the comics.
0: The
1: only oh, definitely the, not the one that comes to mind is Tank Girl. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. That's actually a pretty.
3: Although good
2: Although again, they attach an actual story to it. There, there is no story in Tank
1: Girl. Right, so right.
3: I'm hoping at least. But the attitude is for me, there. being a DC guy, mm-hmm. Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, because I really want to we'll see can, that character yeah. on the big screen, and I've been very looking forward to this film and you know fingers crossed i'm hoping it's as good as some of the early reviews are saying well you but, can already
0: uh, you can already go with as far as i'm concerned with batman v superman and her right. performance in yeah that. oh yeah she was it, she was it, awesome she, in she that. was just one of the best things about that movie mm-hmm. and they were setting her up you know so nicely uh just just the first moment um and yeah yeah it's i i i don't know i try not to get too excited cuz i don't want to I don't want to overextend my expectations. Well, and it,
3: the sad thing is that it's, it's difficult to answer that question, Andy, because we haven't had as many, very few female yeah. protagonists mm. on TV and in film. This is very true. The L- comic Lori book Petty series. Is, I'm
1: trying to think even before. Yeah. All right, know. well here, here and
3: I, it's not that they don't deserve it. It just, it hasn't happened yet. And, Damn you Hollywood for dragging your heels so right? long mm-hmm. on this! Because, Another reason why this woman, you know, Wonder Woman movie yeah, is being so celebrated. Yeah, one of the th- seriously the first female comic book character from a mainstream comic book series finally getting her own film. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, ridiculous. What, what
1: we have before this? A uh, Halle Berry's Catwoman, yeah. huh? All right. Huh? Well,
0: I was going to say yes and not,
2: no because
0: oh, they, you had you had
2: Linda like, Carter's Wonder Woman.
0: In TV, absolutely on yeah. TV, yes, yeah, and on TV, and there's then, Julie Newmar's Catwoman. She's sure, not, uh, wouldn't say terribly accurate to the comic, but definitely an iconic portrayal. Julie yeah. yeah. Newmar, Catwoman. Eartha Kitt. Yeah,
3: um, but th- back then the other
2: they are villains back then. I mean, yeah. it's it. I, it seems like it's easier to actually to actually accurately portray a villain. With the exception of Galakas,
3: obviously. Well, and, um, well, well
0: also, well, there are the reason females to reference.
3: Right. I was going to say the only reason I argue the point on Catwoman is because it's very, very loosely. Ba- the, the Halle Berry one is very loosely yeah, based think? on the character. <laughs> That's what I mean. I mean, it literally goes a completely different direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember watching it and going, I'm like, um,. Yeah, so this,
1: so is, this is this is the '90s reenframing yeah. ourselves out yet.
3: I'm like, so this is a character with the name of Selena Kyle, and mm. that's it.
2: All right, pretty much. Okay. Um. So I want to thanks to Jessica Co- Jones. Uh, Jessica Jones is actually a pretty close.
1: Yes. And well, I'm to, not you know as what? familiar with that yes. character to, yes, to comment yeah. on
3: that. And you guys have known it better than I do.
2: I
1: second that emotion.
0: So how do you feel about that? Email so, and so Professor
1: Biggs. That was from Cthulhu Collector. He shot those questions to us. Gotta so catch thank them you, all. Cthulhu Collector. Uh, gentlemen, news you don't give a shit about. All righty then.
3: Shoot, I should have said all Melissa right. Benost in uh, Supergirl. Cause uh, you still can, actually. If you she's want. very good at that character. Very good at it. I think she captures the essence of Supergirl amazingly.
1: Yeah, you're right. You should have said that.
0: Oh, well. <laughs> That's that expensive by lost. the bottle. <laughs>
3: Vex will yeah. scream at you later. A lot of money for two ounces of X. Well, well, he was probably screaming at me as the segment ended, but then he goes, Oh, finally. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, Gunter. <laughs> yes, yes. News
1: <laughs> no, you indeed, don't give a shit indeed. about. Another Justice League movie has suffered directoral issues. As Variety reports that Doug Lyman, that's the director from Edge of Tomorrow and Born Identity, Will part company with Warner Brothers Dark Universe, the feature adaptation of DC's popular Justice League Dark comics and graphic novels. Apparently a scheduling conflict was Lionsgate's, with Lionsgate's Chaos Walking is limiting Lyman's time to devote to the DC Cinematic Universe saga that centers on the magical team-up of Swamp Thing, Constantine, Deadman, Zatanna, Etrigan the Demon. Uh, Guillermo del Toro had originally been attached to the project starting in 2013, And the director had submitted a screenplay, also included uh, in that screenplay, Spectre and Madame Xanadu. Uh, With del Toro's dozens of other projects vying for his time, he bowed out in 2015, and that prompted the studio to hire Lyman last summer. Uh, The Hollywood Reporter is reporting that uh, Andy Mushate is in the running to replace Lyman.
2: I saw your your eyes light up. It's not me. I'll let you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, sure
1: you will, Mr. I-was-fired. I'll save it to the show, but I'll let you know. <laughs> it's going to wait for me to press the button at that <laughs> It was me! Uh, Mouchet is best known for directing the horror film Mama. He's also in the process of helming the upcoming adaptation of Stephen King's It. Kurt's an hour out of the loop on that. Mama? <laughs> yeah, Mama. <laughs> the horror movie Mama? Wait, the horror Is this movie is a Joan Mama. Crawford uh, biopic or... Uh, you know, Mama, I still haven't seen. Mm-hmm. I, hear, I heard great things. It was based on a a short that he made, and I hear the short is superior to the that the movie stretches it out a little too mm. far, but that's not first-hand knowledge. I have uh-huh. not seen Mama. All right. Uh, then, on the latest episode of Meet the Movie Press uh, podcast, Jeff Snyder says the Argentinian filmmaker Damien Zifron is also in the mix. He's... Not really known in the States. He's directed an Argentine black comedy anthology called Wild Tales. Zifron is also attached to direct Universal Pictures' $6 billion man. Uh, Warner Brothers looking hired to someone to replace Lyman soon because they want to get Justice League Dark into production. Also, on a side narc note, side narc. Side narc. Uh, now narc. that Universal's Point. Shared, Point. shared monster mashups have named their cinematic series Dark Universe... Uh, Warner Brothers might need a new title as well. Right, wow.
0: you know it's funny. Movie Bob made the comment, uh, almost made a movie is not a category on a resume, and I think <laughs> a, mm-hmm. after it is on in Andy's resume. It's, it's oh! going to be now, where where it's just like various directors are going to list. You know, well, I almost directed Flash. I almost <laughs> directed Justice League Dark. Or,
3: I you know I seriously wonder. How often the quote, scheduling conflict is a real thing versus whether it's just an excuse to get out of a, I wonder a bad that situation? Many times, because I, I, wonder, I do know for a fact, you know, having you know long conversations with actors and directors over the years, you know, either in film school and then working at Trek, that it does happen. It's like something pops up, or like there's reshoots, then you're contractually obligated to go back sure. and do, or you have like a limited window. It's like okay, I can do. Um, filming from this month to this month, but after that, and then when the studio pushes it back, it's like, well, no, I have a prior commitment, and then so I do know that it does happen.
2: I, I, but bet. I wonder if it really happens as often as they say in like the Hollywood Reporter and stuff. I honestly so. don't doubt as much. I, I, I suspect there's a lot of biting off more than you can chew going on in Hollywood.
0: Well, oh yeah, because well, you're only you're getting, talking about like Del Toro.
2: Well, yeah, and you're only getting paid when you're actually
3: out right, there directing right. so you know you're not getting a lot of money up front right. if ever and it's you know it's like so you try to take every project you can because whatever
2: drops out you're suddenly out you know potential income there so. may be a case too of doing favors to friends in industry by yeah you can attach my name to this yes. you know for now because that'll help you raise the funds to right. make the movie now that does
3: actually yeah. happen yeah. quite it a lot it does
0: seem creative differences is not as trumped as it used to be. Remember mm. when it was always oh, creative differences and everyone's like, all right. So, you know, okay, you're not directing it now. Creative you're
2: di- Creative differences means Robert Culp's an asshole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but <clears throat> but
0: now it, it, it does seem like other reasons will come up. It's interesting.
1: So, hmm? News you don't give a shit about? Actually, it's kind of a cute little story. Over Memorial Day weekend, A Santa Clarita man named Spencer White took his mother out for a ride for the first time in his newly acquired 1982
3: DeLorean. I saw this already.
1: (laughs) And even though his mom was in the car with him, temptation proved too great. He stepped on the gas, got it up to 88 miles per hour. As a shout out to the Back to the Future film. Sure. A California Highway Patrol officer pulled him over and asked him how fast he thought he was going. And everyone laughed. But even though the officer had a sense of humor, White still got to take it. There you go. Ah, damn. Yeah. News you don't give a shit about leads us into Weekend in Geek. Yay! Week in Geek. Oh, that's nice.
2: I've done that before. Yeah, I know. But that was a good one.
3: <laughs> that was a good one. Something man. about the timing. Yeah, exactly. know, awesome. it's perfect. I've done voiceover stuff mm-hmm. before. <laughs>
2: It happens. I've almost done voiceover stuff before.
3: You almost have. <laughs> I actually have done voiceover.
0: <laughs> I actually have.
2: <laughs> okay, you got me. I really have.
0: <laughs> so I
2: almost, almost did voiceover. How's that? <laughs> now, now, now it's just getting into
1: inception levels. And I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> 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 Sony Pictures is leaning into its Spider-Man extended universe with a slate of films that will follow the release of Spider-Man Homecoming this summer. Last week Sony announced that Tom Hardy would be in Venom, and now we've learned that Gina Prince huh? by the Wood. Sorry? Huh? Gina Prince-by the Wood. By the Wood? B Y T H E W O O D by the wood wow will be taking on the helm of the upcoming silver sable slash black cat film the movie apparently is titled silver and black is slated for october 2018 release Uh, prince by the wood is probably best known for writing and directing love and basketball as well as the secret life of bees and beyond the lights among other projects Most recently, she took the helm of another Marvel property directing the pilot episode of Cloak and Dagger for Freeform. Silver and Black is currently being written by Lisa Joy, creator of Westworld, and Chris Yost, writer of Thor Ragnarok. Both Silver Sable and Black Cat have been antagonists in varying degrees in the Spider-Verse during the run in the comics. Silver Sable is a war criminal, hunting mercenary, CEO of her own company, and leader of the Wild Pack. Uh, black Cat, it, meanwhile, is a thief and occasional love interest of the web slinger. Can you go back to Silver Sables? I think we're missing commas there. Is she a war criminal or is she hunting war, war cri- criminal? War criminal dash hunting mercenary, comma, CEO of her own company, comma, leader of the wild kind Okay. So kind
0: of anti-hero type
2: of... She's hunting war criminals. She isn't a war criminal.
1: Is a war criminal hunting mercenary. Okay.
2: Okay. She's a merc They gotcha. hunts war criminals. Gotcha.
3: Perfect.
1: I'm glad to helped me clarify. I, didn't I, know, I, know honestly, I don't know the confusing. character that well. I don't I mean, know the character we that well. It
3: slipped past me. I was listening and I was like, oh, okay. Thinking war criminal. And then until Andy pointed out, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. stop
1: me if it gets weird. Okay. <laughs> neither
3: character. We would be stopping every five
2: minutes, especially last week. As, as I said, years broken. ago, you guys brought uh. me in here. <laughs> I, my, part of my role here is to be the stupid guy. Who doesn't know shit? Who has not asked you questions? So, so you've taken. I'm it not on... the I'm not the only
3: idiot out there. You've taken it upon yourself to be the kind of de facto editor, like uh, you're editing as we go.
1: Nah, I'm um, the, the everyman. Okay, yeah. Uh, neither character has technically appeared on the big screen, though a version of Felicia Hardy, that's Black Cat's secret identity, did appear in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, hinting at a possibility Black Cat would appear in future installments of the canceled franchise. Uh, no word on how this film will fit into the. Tom Holland-verse? Can I call it that? Tom Holland-verse? Okay. <laughs> uh, it, is, sure. it has been reported that Venom will not tie in at all, as Sony is choosing to keep their extended Spider-Man-related properties separate from those of the MCU. Interesting. Hmm. I really think it's Bithwood or Bythwood.
0: I I, I don't think it's By the Wood. <laughs> Bythewood You're sounds fra- right. You're probably Bythewood. right. But but it's funny because one of the frustrating things about Google Bythewood. now is I have of Googled pronunciation and it's all audio <coughs> recordings. There's nothing where you just get a written out pronunciation mm-hmm. where you go, oh yeah, okay. Yep. Of
1: course I, it's Bythewood. Yeah, mister,
0: right. I lived in England for a while. Yeah. My my. By the wood. <laughs>
1: My, my I sis- lived in England by the way And I right. just
0: love the, the way you were just like, this is how it is, folks. Yeah. <laughs> right, I'm just reading this stuff. You can't make this stuff up. <laughs>
1: My apologies.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, the funny part is there are people who have been listening to this who knew that from the get-go. Oh, sure. And they're just screaming at you for 10 it's minutes.
1: Sam Heffernan right now. am was going to say Sam yeah, is probably
2: like, like, <laughs> like, you idiot. What the fuck is wrong with you goddamn yanks?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 20th Century Fox's The New Mutants details are trickling out. A recent Entertainment Weekly interview with director Josh Boone. Revealed something interesting about the type of film the spin is set uh, to in the mm, about the type of film the spinoff is set in the X-Men universe will be That's <laughs> what, really, a, what a that's tight a, that's you, a well weird,
0: constructed sentence. Did you write
1: that sentence? I pull pull that done, I'm done writing
0: notes. <laughs> or did you write down something Andy said? Ha <laughs> ha Oh, my oh, that's, that's uh, in this ever-changing
2: world in which we live in some level. That's uh, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, so... Something interesting about what type of film it's going to be. Okay. A horror movie. New Mutants, that's a horror movie? Yes. Here's what Boone had to say. <sighs> Quote, we are making a full-fledged horror movie set within the X-Men universe. There are no costumes. There are no supervillains. We're trying to do something very, very different. We made a comic book with what our vision of the series would be. We love that Fox wants to make all these different X-Men spin-offs as drastically different as they can be. Un- unquote. I wonder if they're going to do the Demon Bear saga. That would That's actually be kind of cool. That's the first thing
0: that comes to my mind. Uh, that would be cool.
1: According to this other thing, mm, <laughs> probably not. Mm. Uh, Boone's keeping quiet. As to the plot details, but a source close to the production told Entertainment Weekly that mutants are at their most dangerous when they're pretty new at it, being a teenager and having powers. And revealed that what sounds kind of like a synopsis, quoting, held in a secret facility against their will, five new mutants have to battle the dangers of their powers as well as the sins of their past. They aren't... Out to save the world, they're just trying to save themselves. Unquote. They're the monsters. Mm. The New Mutants slated to uh, open April thirteenth, twenty eighteen. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I like the horror movie until I'm like, oh, it's Fantastic Four again. Yeah. Right. So tread carefully, Josh Boone.
2: Yeah, you have well, got us. You have got us. So you got to the details. Well, maybe the detail, maybe those aren't maybe those are wrong details. Well, maybe. Or, possibly, maybe, yeah. or maybe it's better than it
0: sounds. I mean, well, well, if it's done well. If it's done yeah. well, yeah. But, I mean, part of the things that's irritating about that is the whole point of Xavier's Institute is to protect young mutants from that precise thing. So, and new mutants was definitely, they get recruited for the you know the school for gifted youngsters, and they go there, and they're supposed to learn about their powers to eventually become X-Men. But, yeah, it's... Uh, I can
2: see the argument, though, that they basically did that with the X-Men. They actually showed
0: that... Well, true. True. I mean that that's one of the problems and where they probably want to go in a different direction. But it's funny cuz, you know, for us Holly, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm talking out of my ass, but it seems to me that Hollywood going the route of the powers are the problem and superheroes are tormented is kind of old. Yeah, you know. One of the things I like about like the current run of Avengers movies is I mean sure they do a little they'll they'll make a passing gesture to like Scarlet Witch, but overall mm-hmm. everyone's happy to have their powers and is happy to put them to good use. Yeah, that's that's something I I, well, I <sighs> wish there
3: were more of in the film too. Like somebody that's genuinely excited, like woke up and was like, oh my god, I have powers! This is awesome! It's gonna be one of to, the cool things,
0: hopefully, about yeah. Spider-Man because right, I mean, right?
3: one of the things that I remember from the first Fantastic Four film is when Chris Evans goes, guys, look at this. this is cool. And he snaps his fingers and it goes on fire. And he's like, isn't that neat? And that's the kind Mm. of attitude I would think that most people would have if they had some kind of a cool power like that. Now, I can get the horror of some of the powers being overwhelming, like suddenly being able to read everyone's mind and it being overwhelming and just literally causing you pain. Well, I can understand that, but it does seem like in many of the movies now, it's just like, Oh it's such a burden I have this power and I don't know what to do with it. it if, I feel weird and uh, if you're gonna do it though, angsty, this is the one
2: this is the one to do it with because sure that, that is actually the first well the first 20 or 30 issues of it they were still struggling with their powers I mean uh, cannonball couldn't turn for the longest time like it was blast forward um, uh, Daniel uh, moonstar uh, she kept pulling people's worst fears out of them and showing it to everybody by accident yeah
0: but even then when I was reading that comic I remember being like oh for god's sakes you know the <laughs> whole the, I mean my friend uh, Steve Darnall who uh, wrote Uncle Sam beautiful Alex Ross uh, when we were working at the <clears throat> just to casually name drop when we were working at a comic, <laughs> comic book store in Chicago one of Steve's favorite little quippy cliches would be to whine like if he'd screw up uh, something at uh, a purchase or we're looking for inventory he can't find it he'd be like What good are my powers if they can't help the ones I love? And, you know, it's just, it is a fucking tired cliche in my book. I was going to pick those
3: names up off the floor that you dropped, but there were two really heavy ones. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just going to leave them sitting there. That's some
0: Neutronium-heavy names there.
1: While the new Guardians of the Galaxy-themed Disneyland ride isn't technically set within the MCU, it does include some nods to some interesting pieces of the Marvel Universe. In the waiting area for the new Guardians of the Galaxy mission breakout attraction at Disneyland's California Adventure Park, the design team has included a museum of the Collector to keep fans entertained while they wait to ride. That's neat. Uh, IGN reports uh, note that you'll find everything from a big screen Ultron drone to some small screen Terrigen mists via Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But the last two items could uh, be laying some groundwork for some future twists within the MCU there's an Asgardian war ha- Warhammer that bears a striking resemblance to Beta, Ra- Beta Ray Bill's hammer. Oh, Ooh, yes. Stormbreaker. Ooh. Along with Bill's hammer, there's a display case of mysterious artifacts described as being, quote, found at the bottom of the Terran Ocean. Very little is known of the civilization that created them, unquote. Uh, Give uh, us a little Namor nod in yeah. there. So that's at the Museum of Collector for the new Guardian of the Galaxy. Okay. Break
2: out. Namor, what's his superhero name?
0: Submariner. Yeah. Okay. Just. Well, you wanted submariner. I've heard either way. I know. I w- I've heard people say submariner, and it's just like. I'm no. pretty. I'm pretty <laughs> sure even even submariners say submariner. I, I'm
1: pretty sure it's by the wood. <laughs> it's,
0: by the wood. <laughs> I was gonna
3: say anybody that I've ever talked to that actually has been in the Navy or, you know. Merchant Marines or whatever has always said it's Mariner. Yeah, so never
2: say Mariner. It's Rhyme
0: terrible. of the
1: Ancient Mariner. <laughs> mm. It loses something. Yeah, I've
2: also just, you can't say the word in the Navy anymore without it immediately. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that
0: phrase. It, I mean, then all of
1: a sudden you get a, the the song begins. Oh yeah, you start clapping. boom. 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 <laughs> da, da,
0: da, da. By the
2: wood, by the wood. <laughs> I want this. I want this to done. By the wood. Well, you know, if you <clears>
0: think about <throat> it, it's a very British name, mm-hmm. right? Like a uh, 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 Stratford, uh, uh, on, on Avon, on Avon, and mm-hmm. you know such and such by the by the wood, but yeah, it's, by the wood. I'd you know, have
2: know. been resisting. It's you know Gina by the wood, sure. With, my my sister in law's name is Alexis Bywater, which she points out as a whole sentence. Alex is Bywater.
1: <laughs> nice, yeah. yeah. The documentary King of Kong: A Fistful of Quarters. It's about a battle of wills and skills between two men, each of whom are trying to claim the world's highest score on the then 26-year-old arcade game Donkey Kong. Ten years later, director Seth Gordon, who recently helmed the movie Baywatch, has told IGN that he has plans to turn the documentary into a musical. (laughs) As Gordon says, I think it lends itself to that. There's Um. such melodrama.
3: It kind of does. There's a lot of ridiculousness that could be brought out in a musical.
1: I think this would be a great musical.
2: For I am the king of Kong.
1: No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, I'm not. (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) Gordon also said that many of the 15-plus songs have already been drafted. One of them, Museum of Your Heart, was played in the original film, Written and sung by Donkey Kong scorekeeper Walter Day, the musical is being planned for the stage.
0: I want a big old rent-like scaffolding in the mm. back of the stage where it's all Donkey Konged out, and you have your background <laughs> dancers and singers that, that would be cool. jumping over shit and going from level to level. Okay, That's I want be-
2: the, I want that as part of a nightclub wall. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm on board with that.
1: <laughs> this it's it's uh, this musical has to happen. Mm-hmm. This. I'm behind this one hundred percent.
3: It's a fun documentary, but it's ridiculous too. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just sit there and like the different, you know, personalities that you see as the thing goes on. I'm like, wow. He's right. That it's pure
1: melodrama. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it
3: literally is, and unnecessarily so in many cases. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, here's this videotape I have from twenty years ago where I beat that my record score. It's like, really. Why would you not at that time do it? You're just waiting for someone to one-up you so you can just go, oh, here's my tape, that kind of stuff. It's just ridiculous melodrama throughout Mm. that documentary. So, yeah, totally on board with that idea.
1: Multiple sources are revealing that despite Nintendo's insistence that says otherwise, they're ramping up production for the Nintendo Switch yet again. It is now expected that the Switch will have 18 million consoles on the market, by March 2018. If those consoles sell, the Switch will have exceeded the lifetime sales of the Wii U in its first year of the market. Nintendo has denied the claim that the uh, goal at the minimum is uh, they, they say it's 10 million consoles. The sources and analysts familiar with the company believe they're prepped to ship as many as 20 million consoles, uh, provided the resources are beyond the 18 million that's being reported and aimed for. Good news, those waiting to see more games on the Switch won't have to wait much longer, as sales numbers like this, combined with the enhanced graphic capability of the console, will have developers working to port some of the best games over to the platform. Yeah, I, mean, I was I, pretty
3: sure it was Forbes I was reading the other day talking about how if they kept their current production schedule, there would be massive shortages come the holiday season, and then um, the follow-up article on that did say that their sources confirmed that Nintendo was ramping up production mm. and several other independent sources said the same thing and yet nintendo is still denying it just like your article said there so
2: i've not played this system i don't know anything about the system except what i've heard here but i contend that the wii u failed because the name oh no, I, 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 I certainly I, a part of it i honestly didn't realize it was a separate system i thought it was an addition to
1: the i think the, the world didn't yeah well that, unless that, you got yeah, unless well, you're a deep geek in that stuff you didn't know
3: yeah, the, a lot of people did think it was an add-on thing, and they right. didn't realize they no, were buying an entirely good It's a tablet they add on. to your Wii, yeah. your Wii. That's what Yeah, th- exactly. There right. are a lot of people Sounds that painful. thought that. <laughs> That's, That's why what, I didn't get it. There were also a lot of technical issues with the Wii U.
0: It's like, what kind of Ubisoft Jap shit is it no, doing no. trying to attach <laughs> to my Wii, You
2: don't fuckers. add the tablet directly to the Wii. <laughs> oh. It's internal, and then it works down internal? To
1: the Internal? Ow. Yeah. Ow! Ow is right. What? <laughs> my ears... <laughs>
0: all right fine god damn
3: it it's funny because i i've talked to people that have played the switch and they really enjoy it i just right now i'm looking at it and looking at the games lineup there's just nothing that makes me say okay now i want to buy this system i feel don't know why
1: i feel so divorced from nintendo for so long yeah that i don't feel like i'm into those games anymore Mm. i maybe and I'm, i'm sure if i play them i'm like oh yeah these are fun and of course uh uh Smash Brothers is the exception. I've played that in about every iteration and enjoy it, but it's not a console buyer for me. Yeah. So And
3: you know, I and I bought I never bought the Wii U, but I bought the Wii like within a month or two after it coming out cuz uh Darren, you know, friend of the show, calls me up one day. He's like, "Hey, I'm over at the Target over here on Maryland and they have a couple of Wii consoles in the cabinet if you still want one." I'm like, "All right, yeah, definitely." So I I drove over there Bought the thing, got home, started playing it. I was just really kind of like, meh. And then there were a couple of the games. Uh, what was the Spielberg produced one with the little blocks where you it's, had to throw it? At it's the boom blocks. blocks. Boom blocks. Boom blocks. That was, that was fun. But then after that, I never bought another game for the console because nothing excited me enough to go out and buy them.
1: I'd get a few games from Gamefly to test yeah. out on there. And I'd send them right back because, of course, the Wii U was just covered in just shovelware. Just games that are not really games but just more interactive demos by the feelings of it
3: and not to mention the fact that you know we had a high definition television the other two consoles were set up for high definition and we just looked like crap all the time i mean you know i don't know it's tough
0: well i'm glad professor biggs doesn't have a dog in this fight Mm.
1: New big screen version of the Jepsons is in development. Jepsons. It's the Jepsons. That's <laughs>
3: they, the, the hillbillies the ones from the, the, the future, the, the, <laughs> the, the ones that make the displays for Baba, aircraft.
1: Stop this crazy
0: thing! <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. uh. I clear my head of space, these sprockets. Uh. <laughs> Uh, not to be confused with the proposed live-action version that emerged in 2012 then disappeared, this project would restore George Jetson and family to animation in their first theatrical release since 1990. Aw, oh, come
3: on. Make it live-action. Make it ridiculous like the first Flintstones movie.
1: But what, What's going on? You really are Pauling over there. Sure am. <laughs> Playing the internet. (laughs) Why the fuck does volume go up to... (laughs) Because it's
3: you, Andy. Yeah, I know. That's the only explanation.
1: Uh, Warner Brothers announced the project, commissioned a script with uh, Matt Lieberman, who is also writing the studio's new Scooby-Doo film. Uh, Now the Jetsons are moving forward with an animation veteran at the helm, Conrad Vernon who co-directed the R-rated animated comedy hit Sausage Party.
0: Sounds perfect match.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's been hired to further develop the film as well as potentially direct it when the production reaches that stage. Uh, Vernon brings more than 20 years of film animation experience to the project, including a work as character designer, storyboard artist, voice actor. He's been tied to uh, some of the biggest animation franchises in the 21st century with Shrek, Madagascar, as well as Kung Fu Panda and Monsters vs. Aliens. Anybody into the Jetsons? I haven't been for decades. But I mean, even when were you into it when it was?
0: Yeah, when I was a kid,
3: I watched it it a lot. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was science fiction. I think I watched it right up until they had the, the big screen animated movie. That was what 90s, uh, I think I said. Yeah, that sounds about right. The one so where I remember, the Tiffany, met the Flintstones, Tiffany replaced like the original voice actor for oh, the, the yeah. daughter, and yeah. and there was like a huge outcry from a lot of the long term fans. This is news to me. You really? didn't know this? I didn't
1: know Tiffany voiced yeah. in it at all.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's that late 80s push for the the teen music. Oh stuff. Okay. I I <laughs> I lost the way that I was going to say the sentence, and my brain shut down.
1: Could just, have gone in a really go, bad way. Just so, go yeah, by the that's
0: water. That's how you do it. <laughs> just, just give up and stop. Oh. Just pull the eject handles. <laughs> I'm, I'm out of here. I don't think the eject handles were ever installed in me. I don't no, know the the <laughs> <true>. <laughs> I'm going down in flames. Oh well. <laughs> Gonna ride this sucker out. <laughs> Maybe I can land it. Puts a pillow on the front console. There <laughs> we
2: go. That's as good as an airbag,
1: right? <laughs> The History Channel has been getting into the original series game, and now it's picked up Robert Zemeckis's UFO-focused project Blue Book. Straight to series, not Project Blue Book, but straight Blue Book now. The Focus Project Blue Book is the only things I've I've put the the, the I've capitalized. It's okay. about
3: Project Blue Book, but the right. title is just called but There Blue was Book. there was a TV series called Project Blue Book. Yeah, right? yes, yeah. It's okay. yeah. a different. That's probably that's, why. Yeah, it's probably why it's just it's probably just Blue, Blue Book. Okay,
1: all right. Deadline reports the 10-episode series will follow uh, focus on the US Air Force's secret investigation into UFOs back in the 1950s and 60s. The initiative was called Project Blue Book. Aha! Uh-huh! The show will follow <laughs> <laughs> The show will follow a college professor recruited by the Air Force to lead investigations into unexplained sightings and phenomena. Every episode will be based on an actual UFO case with historical events threaded into the narrative. The series is produced by Robert Zemeckis from a spec script written by David O'Leary. Quote, rarely have I been associated with a project that is a perfect fusion of historical fact and extraordinary entertainment, Zemeckis said in a statement. I don't know what he means with the historical fact part, but...
3: Well, the historical fact is, is in... Is you the know, actual investigations. The investigations into the reports. So I, I, I imagine they're probably going to do that whole open-ended where they don't commit... One way or another, too. I'm sure. As you're I right.
0: remember the TV series, they always went with the quote unquote, you know, the Scooby-Doo explanation of the the real gr- grounded. This is this is the weather balloon. This was the swamp right. gas. And then the final scene before they go to credits is they sh- they they show it happen again, but this time it's mysterious. Mm-hmm. Right, the swamp gas suddenly shoots off an ignition and flies off into space or something. Mm-hmm. And so you're left with Oh, maybe maybe it was, you know. It was ah, sorta of like that.
2: That that analogy doesn't work anymore because the recent Scooby Doos, they actually run into real monsters. Yeah, I know. Nah, Scooby Doo's got weird. Yeah. Scooby Doo Shaggy got ripped at some point too. What? Yeah. I saw some, it. I'm so out of the I saw, I saw Scooby one, Loop. I saw one was animated weirdly. It was animated more
0: Well he could afford better animators Right. No, no,
2: it was animated more chunky, cartoony looking. And, oh, and you're he, talking
3: about the, the, the newer series yeah. that's been out the last few years? Yeah. yeah, and does, he, and yeah it's does, like does, living in a mansion. It has he has money from somewhere. And, I don't and, know and where. And,
1: he, and he's chunky? Well, the, it's a different animation style
3: oh. than the classic Hanna-Barbera. Yeah. yeah I, so it's,
1: I I liked him better when they were skeptics. Well, a couple of them were skeptics. Right. A couple right. of them were just playing Freddy Cats.
0: Well, Belna, know. she kept him grounded. Yeah. Right. ruh
1: well, you know
2: it's the Scooby Snacks, man. They no, oof. they cause Would problems. Would you do
0: it for two Scooby
1: Snacks? Make it three. Sony Pictures has acquired the rights to first-time graphic novelist Emil Ferris's "My Favorite Thing Is Monsters," a oh, yeah. '60s-set horror fable about a monster and horror-loving young girl who attempts to solve a local murder mystery. Speaking of Scooby Doo, Sony won the bidding war for this acclaimed two-part graphic novel published by Fantagraphics Press. The sequential story is told through a series of panels from 10-year-old Karen Ray's phasmagoric diary sketchbook. Here's the official description. Set against the tumultuous political backdrop of the late 60s, Chicago, 60s Chicago. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Commas are our friend, Torgo. Uh, there's no comma there. I don't know why. Uh-huh. I don't know why Well, I put you talk one to in. the
1: person who typed that up for you. I'm going to punch somebody. <laughs> it, who, whoever wrote this is getting a, getting a knuckle sandwich said i guess there's too much we well, uh, it begins again oh no not,
0: uh, Andy. i'm not up. recording this yet
2: Could i start god we need to have
0: a torgo cam i, I yeah. already posted
2: your five minutes of screed i don't know if i can post <laughs> anything else i don't know if you want to really
3: you know poke that bear though because torgo's multiple personalities might pop out where he's like he's like he's his own copy editor he's his own research assistant <laughs> it's your fault.
1: Well, you did this. Well, you did edit the editing. <laughs> the arguments are fierce. <laughs> Starting again, set mm-hmm. against the tumultuous political backdrop of backdrop of late Back 60s drop. I will. You, you want to hand you, that you, to Kirsten? You could have. You could have faked
0: <laughs> your way through that, I think. But you know, the, at this now, point, now, like now you're just giving up.
1: My favorite thing is "Monsters," Is the fictional graphic diary of ten year old Karen Ray's. When does it take place? 1960s Chicago late 60s Chicago filled with B-movie horror and Pulp Monster magazine iconography Karen Reyes tries to solve the murder of her enigmatic upstairs neighbor Anka Silverberg a Holocaust survivor while the interconnected stories of those around her unfold. When Karen's investigation I live on the second
3: floor (laughs) I live upstairs from you (laughs) Wow
1: When Karen's investigation takes us back to Anka's life in Nazi Germany, the reader discovers how the personal and political, the past and the present converge. Ella spent over six years creating this unusual piece of art and literature, and Sony hopes its unique properties will translate well to the silver screen. So a, a very graphic diary to the silver screen. Vanagraphics published the first volume in February, will release the conclusion in October. Okay. Yeah. Um,
2: That graphic novel is an example of the kind of things you can do with comics you can't do anywhere else. It's really
1: interesting. And then based on the description, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm like that stretching that to the screen seems like a well should be interesting. Google has been using old Atari video games to train its deep mind artificial intelligence for years. And now it's actually learning how to remember its strategies. Google researchers broke down the developments in a paper published in the Proceedings, in the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. There you go. Uh, put simply, they developed a new algorithm called Elastic Weight Consolidation, EWC, that helps the AI remember what it's learned from each game and retain that information as it moves to the next one. Back in 2015, the AI managed to beat 49 Atari games, but it pretty much forgot the previous one every time it swapped metaphorical cartridges. But now DeepMind is Natari savant. The program is something called Catastrophic Forgetting, where things recently learned by the AI were being overwritten by new knowledge from the latest game. But now this new approach mimics the way a human mind can learn things sequentially, as opposed to just a data dump. There's obviously still a lot of work to be done, but this could represent a major step forward in the way of artificial intelligence learns and retains knowledge and skills. I, for one, welcome our robotic overlords.
3: Okay. Google's going to be the one that creates
1: Skynet. (laughs) Google Net. They'll call it Google Net, but it's it's close. What's your Google Net? Write to us. Comments at UglyCouchShow.com. And until next week, I am Master Torgo.
2: 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact Jack Dandy.
1: And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Hence, I, I, I got it. We'll try to talk to you. I'll try, I'll yeah. try to talk to you. I'll, I'll try, was to, word I'll try you, to write these down, What was too. the
2: word you didn't know in the, uh, the screed? The, the, uh, I, I,
1: I had that on my phone somewhere. I, I, oh, the, okay. The, 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 oh, I the screed, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Call that back now. Yeah, uh,
2: yeah. Oh, everybody calling it back. I just posted it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> wait, wait, what
1: did you post? The Screed. The the, the dude's Screed? Yeah. Oh, you. Wow. No, you. you, you oh, you my Screed. And us giving a shit my, in the middle my of, of it. My performance of the dude's Screed.
2: Crazy. Yes. Yes. I kind of <laughs> like the dude's Screed. You know, man, <laughs> if you're not into the whole, like, like you know, like, like, him anything, man, and like making fun of the white man, yeah I'm going to give him a white dude. Russian to shut him up. <laughs> Gee, oh, <laughs> you have one? Where? 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 I'll make you one. Thank you.